to look for a shidduch for Yitzchak, right? So, so he tells him, make sure you're not taking a shidduch from Bnei Knani, go al arti or maladati, l'kach the shidduch in Yitzchak. So Lezer the Rebbe says, Ila l'soi v'yish alech zachari, what do I do if she doesn't want to come back? What do I do if I find a shidduch if she doesn't want to come back here? Ha'ush ha'ush ha'zbein chalauret, should I take your son there? And the Rebbe says, no, that not. Okay. Later, when Eliezer the Rebbe repeats the story, and he says that, you know, my, my, my udan, avruam, sent me to look for a shidduch and I told and he told me to make sure he's only taking someone from a mishpachti and I told him right what if she doesn't want to come back he's repeating this, the same the same story the same words so Rashi says over here the second time it says a lie it doesn't say Eli it says a lie so Rashi says that Leiz Avrum had a daughter and he wanted that Avrum Avinish take his daughter for a shidduch for Yitzchak right and Avrum said no I'm not going to take your daughter so Kotzke Rebbe asks, how come the second time around says a lie without a wolf, and it shows that Leza Eved Avroam wanted to take this for his own daughter, and that's why he was asking these questions. What if, what if she doesn't want to come, this, this girl? Then, then I take it for myself? And how come the first time when he asked, when he told Avroam this thing, he doesn't say it? He doesn't say that. How come only the second time? So Kotzke Rebbe says that Leza Eved Avroam was Nagai Abedover. He was subjective. Right? He wanted that this girl shouldn't want to come back. And what do we do now? Maybe I'll be able to take from my daughter. Now, when somebody is subjective, when somebody is Nagaya, they don't even realize that they're Nagaya. They think they're asking to me, you know, maybe it's not good, maybe, what do I do if this and this happens? Without realizing what's, what's causing them to ask the question. Only later, when he wasn't anymore Nagaya, and he went to fulfill Avrom's roots, and even though it wasn't in his interest, that's when he realized that I told my Udain, I asked him this question, because really I wanted it to myself. That's when he was able to notice that he previously asked the question, only because he was really Nagaya Vedova. It took time for him to realize that he was subjective. Now, this is a very important lesson for life because so often people say things now. An outsider who's listening might realize, you know, the reason why you're telling me this is not because of the reason why you're saying you're saying it, but it's because something else is bothering you. But the person can't see that, and very often the person will deny it or contradict it, you know, and not believe that that's really why they're saying something. Now, when it comes to relationships, very often you hear a husband and wife complaining about each other without realizing that you know your complaint is not really a complaint. You're only saying it because it's bothering you for another reason. So something else is bothering you, not what you're saying. It's very hard for people to notice that. Very hard for people to notice that, you know. It's, it's bothering me because it's bothering me. What do you mean? This is not how it should be, right? No, it's how you feel about it. But it's not necessarily... And that's, that's, the, that's why it's so important to ask a third party or to just bounce it off somebody who's, who's, uh, who's more objective and, and, and doesn't, um, you know, have your Nagia involved. Just, just yesterday I was talking to somebody and he was repeating to me something that... Um, he had agreed upon something at home with his wife... And he felt that she was getting in the way, she wasn't making it happen. So he brought her up to her. He said, you know, we agreed on this and this, and, and it looks like you're getting in the way. You're not, you're not, letting, this, you're not letting this happen. And I thought we made up. So she said, what do you mean? I'm not letting it happen. We agreed on it, which means that I'm, I'm in it with you. And if I decided that I'm in it, then you could be sure I'm not going to get in the way. And he was very turned off. What do you mean you decided? We agreed upon something. You, you, you're only going along with it because you decided? Oh, it depends on what you want? Now, for somebody who's feeling that and subjective he might really he, I understand the feeling the feeling is that if this is what we decided this is what it's going to be don't give me the attitude that it's only because you wanted and you decided and everything's on your terms but when you repeated it to me I said hey the uncle chill out all she's saying is that she's not getting the way because it's not that you're imposing on her she agreed to it that she decided to make it work it's all in the wording and sometimes your own feelings and your own thoughts get in the way and it's the same thing in general when people have 
problem with each other. Why is my spouse doing this? Why is my why is my husband uh, coming home late? Why is my wife talking to that person? Why is it? What's bothering you about that? What do you mean? It's not normal. It shouldn't be that way. Slow down. Ask someone. Is it normal? Or is it just getting on my nerves because maybe I'm feeling neglected? Or maybe because I'm jealous? Or maybe because uh, I'm feeling inferior? Or maybe because I'm feeling guilty about something? It's very important to realize that it's very hard for a person to be that self-aware and realize where they are subjective and where they are uh, you're getting even irrational sometimes because, because they're feeling a certain way without realizing that somebody else might see it differently. It took time for Lazy Eved to realize that he was originally... He thought he was being a loyal Eved, asking reasonable questions, just trying to make sure he knows all the details of what to do on the shlichas, without realizing, you know, you really just have, your, you have yourself... There's nothing to do with the shlichas. See, this is something that we could all learn from um, when it comes to our relationships, right? As much as we want to have the best in mind for our spouse or for anyone that we're thinking about, you know, we still always tend to think about ourselves first. And it's fine. We're all human. It's fine to think of yourself first. But you have to realize that you're thinking of yourself first. Instead of trying to cover up or fool yourself or fool someone else. So that's uh, something to think about. So let me read a question. And maybe we'll, we'll discuss this, this uh, soon a little uh, again. Okay. Dear background, I hope you will understand my question, which might not be so clear. We are very happily married. My husband is a mentor and very successful with kids. We are, hmm, I don't want to say the exact age, but relatively young. Okay. Lately, he started mentoring older boys and discussing with them and discusses with them their struggles. I'm not really sure what my question is, but how can somebody know if such a sensitive job is good for somebody so young? My husband is very good and ehrlich, but also very curious. This really can involve discussing and dealing with many unfortunate and negative behaviors of these boys and challenges that they are experiencing. Why does my husband need to hear this? Or, or how can I help him? to make sure that he won't be neg- negatively affected by this. I hope you understand between my words and help me with some clarity or guidance to make me feel more comfortable. Very good question. Very good question. Right? Somebody whose husband is relatively young. Let me give an example, just uh, 24 years old. Because I don't think it makes a big difference if it's the exact age or the... 24-year-old young man, relatively young, and he's mentoring boys that are, let's say, 17, 18, not that much younger than him. And, you know, you can get dirty sometimes. No, not so. Not, you, you could be discussing unfortunate uh, topics. How do I know it's good for him, and then it won't, it won't affect him? Very good question. So let's let's start off with this. There is such a thing as people being cut out for certain work, right? Oh, it says it in all the surim. Every profession, in every generation, there's always plumbers and electricians and educators and soifrim and uh, uh, everything. Hashem made sure there's someone there for everything. For, for everything. Why? How? Hashem made that different people should be attracted to different uh, things. Everyone has their calling, right? Now, sometimes somebody doesn't know what to do and he just, you know, follows a certain path and he doesn't even know why. But in general, you see people, different people like different things. You have people that are artists and people that are, that are builders and, and people that are, you know, everyone has the thing that they like to do. Hashem, Hashem made it that way. It says that, that, that the world should be able to continue and every profession, every job has somebody who wants to do it. And there are people that are cut out for it, people that are talented for it. So just like every profession, some people are attracted to the, to the, the line of helping other people, being a shoulder to lean on, being a mentor, being a guide. That people that even without even without learning necessarily how to do it, they just it's just it's pulling them. Now sometimes they will go learn how to do it even better, but there's something about it that some people are just cut out for. As a matter of fact, there are people that have other professions and other livelihoods, other ways that they make money, and they still can't, they still um, guide people and mentor people because they they, they like it. They feel that it's just it's just something that that attracts them. They, they're cut out for it. There, there are people that are cut out for it. And interestingly, many people who do this kind of work, okay, now again, this, is maybe, uh, uh, this might be a little too close to home for me to talk about objectively, 
But many people who do this work will tell you that they did it all along. The people that are helping other people, and they'll tell you, you know, I'm doing this since I'm, since I'm a little boy. Or at least since right after I got married. Now obviously as time goes on, they got either, either more professional, more experienced, and they were able to set themselves up differently than they did originally, but, but the something is going on for a long time. And the reason is because something that's natural to a person, you know, he'll always be pulled to it, he'll always be attracted to it. Just like an electrician might tell you, oh, since I'm a little boy, I'm playing with gadgets. So somebody who's learning with boys or listening to boys or talking to boys might tell you, I'm doing this since I, since I was a boy myself. I was always the one that people came to and spoke to. That's just how some people are. Now, obviously, when you're a little boy, you can't do that. You have to be a little older to do that. But sometimes what happens is when a person's attracted to something, when he's young, you know, he waited from when he was 18, 19, 20. Yeah? By the time he's 24, he's plotting out of his skin. And, and it's just happening by itself. People are attracted to talk to him. And he's just giving advice. He doesn't mean anything bad. It's just, he's just cut out for it. So it's, it's interesting. I once heard this from Rabbi Malach, Rabbi Avimotra Malach. He was talking about not to choke children's passion for different things. Child is, uh, wants to draw, child wants to sing. Why are, you, why are you choking that? You know, maybe he just has to wait a little. He can't be a singer when he's 15. You know, he can't go sing Bechasnas, but maybe that's what he will, that he will become. And he said a very interesting anecdote about a Magachir of his who told him when he was a Bukhar, and it sounds like he was uh, disturbing in Yeshiva or something, he said, Ramotcha, I see in you a Batchen, a storyteller, and a Magid, and all the different things that Ramotcha Malach became. You're just too young, so you have to wait a little bit, what should I tell you? And you know, sometimes you give that boost to a child and say, you know, you, I see you're cut out for this. You'll, you'll have it in your hands one day. So sometimes you have a 24-year-old who didn't just wake up one day and decide that he wants to talk to boys, but he has his passion and his calling, and you don't want to choke it, and you don't want to try to extinguish it, besides the fact that it usually won't, won't work anyway. And that's what it's cut out for. So it's, it's not so much like people would see, like, you're too young, why are you going into this? He's not going into it. This is, this is who he is. There's such a thing. Um, now I'll tell you, not everybody who thinks that they're cut out for it is cut out for it. I had quite a few people already come to me and tell me, um, I want to start saying shirim, courses, classes, or whatever. Uh, I feel that I'm very good at it. Now, this is a line, you know, helping people and talking to people is a line where it doesn't matter what you think. If you think you're terrible at it, but people appreciate what you have to say, that's a reason to say it. If you think you're very bad at giving advice or listening, I'm not a good listener, but people seem to be talking to you, they, they might think differently. That's what it, it depends on the people. And truth is, it's like that in every profession. If you think you're a great painter, but nobody appreciates what you're painting, it doesn't. you could be great. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So I'm saying it's important to realize that if you think you're very good at helping other people, it's important to see if they feel helped by you. But if somebody feels that, yeah, he's doing a good job, and people are attracted to him, aside from the fact that he might be doing the right thing by doing it, someone else, somebody watching might have to just realize that maybe, maybe this is what the guy's cut out for. Now, obviously, there's sometimes um, good training to go to and, and good skills to learn and all that. that we'll talk about that. But it's definitely something that some people just made out for. And, and, and besides that, you can't, it's just not the right thing to try to get in the way. Um, I'll say something interesting. I, I remember when I was, before I was starting out, let's call it, and I wasn't talking to anyone, certainly not, certainly not uh, as a profession or as, a, as, as my job or my main occupation. And I remember I was, uh, then, I don't know, maybe I was learning with some boys, if I, if I recall. I don't remember what I was thinking of doing. But I remember I was once talking to a younger man. I was sitting and talking to him. Honestly, I didn't have much to help him with, I don't think, at the time. But I was listening, trying my best to just make him feel good and give him, you know, make him see, have some clarity. And I remember somebody came over to me. I said, you know, I noticed you talking to that younger man. You did a very good job. I said, oh, thank you. So I, I noticed that lately people come and talk to you. I think you do a very good job. I think it's time to open an office and start talking to people. Now, I laughed. I, I thought he was joking. 
and I didn't take him seriously at all. It wasn't like, oh, from then on, I didn't. But now that I look back, I, re- I realize what, you know, maybe I did a good job. Maybe Hashem helped me be somebody that people wanted to talk to. And slowly it developed. Now, at the time, I remember, even when I did start over, I remember that I didn't feel equipped with helping people. I felt that I was lacking certain skills. And I tried learning certain different things, you know, just to make sure that I know what I'm saying. But there's such a thing. There's such a thing as somebody being caught out to being help, to help others. Now, there is the idea of being careful. When you're talking to people, you can be exposed to different ideas, different problems, different situations, different challenges. Aside from making sure that you know what to help people with and, and not uh, misguide someone, mislead someone. But there's definitely the idea of, of um, you know, getting dirty on the way. And there's a lot of from Tzadikim that said, you know, in the blood that's help, not Hayid. Somebody needs help, right? Somebody's, somebody's uh, wagon got stuck in the old days. You know, a horse and buggy got stuck in the dirt. What are you going to do? Say, well, I want to help you, but you know, I, got, I don't want to get dirty. No, you gotta, you got to get dirty sometimes to help someone. Sometimes if you're the right person, if you're the right person, uh, and somebody needs help, and helping that person means that you might, um, you know, get yourself a little dirty, sometimes it's the right thing to do. To help another person, that's what you do. It's, a, it, it's, rel- it's I guess, a, a certain form of Mr. Snaifish. I want to help someone. Listen, he needs help. What should I do? Just let him do it. And as, as somebody told me, it was an interesting idea. Epsadayan, who started off, and he was also you know, dealing with different things that weren't so... Uh, Great. And he, and he went and asked someone, you know, should I be doing this? I'm being exposed to things I didn't know of and things that aren't so pleasant and things that aren't so uh, healthy. He said, and the advice that he was given by two, Gedoidim Batoira, two Erdochid and Dastoira, they told him, who else should do it? Who else could listen to Bukhram and Yingalat and help people who need, who need help? Send to a Goyish therapist? Send to someone who's not Erlich? Somebody who doesn't, who doesn't care about being exposed to things like this? Somebody who's not sensitive to these problems? Adarabah, who else should be doing it? Not somebody who's Erlich. So, so you know, if, you, if your husband is doing this and he's an Erlich person and he's good at it, you know, could be that's all he needs. Now, actually, there's another idea as well that the Surah talk about of Aidi the Bui Lemiflet Lebaldi, right? By Isavata or a path. When you're cashing something, when it's, when it's giving out the Blias, it's not going to take in the Blias. So, there's this idea as well. When you're having a man helping Bukhram, trying to help them out of their problems, even if he's being exposed to things that they're dealing with, but because he's trying to help them get out of it and he's fighting it, fighting the germ, he won't, he won't absorb it. There's that idea as well. And let's not talk about that. But it's definitely a snafish, you know, to, to let yourself get into things that aren't uh, pleasant. So that's all the idea of some people are cut out for it, and they do well at it, and they have a shemir and they're supposed to be doing it. Now, there are people that are not cut out for it, even if they think they are. Not a question. Again, it's hard for me to talk about this, because, you know, this is my line, and, and there's, there's too much uh, sensitivity that has to be addressed when talking about this, but there are people that are not cut out for what they're doing, and they are misguiding people. So not everyone who likes to guide people, or everyone who come, people come to for guidance, means that they know what they're doing. Again, it's hard for me to say this, but I, I know people who are guiding people in their marriages, but they themselves are either single and were never married, or divorced, and have a very unhealthy perspective on married life. And here they are, helping people that are married, trying to help them in their marriage. I, I don't get it. Now again, if they would be doing a good job is one thing, but when I hear back different things that people are saying, I mean, what is this person doing saying such a thing? Why is this person in a position to guide other people? You have to be very healthy and balanced and, and focused and, and, and clear and principled to be able to help somebody who's, who's struggling. Right? If you're struggling yourself and you're just helping other people struggle, you have two people that are limping together, they're not helping each other. Now, people might not, might not realize that about themselves. I mean, people might think that they have a, you know, great ideas to share. Recently, I was, thinking, I was talking to, to two people who, who, who were sharing with me different things that somebody they know, let's put it like that, somebody they know 
who's mentoring other people. And they were repeating things that this person was, was mentoring people. They overheard um, sessions, how this person was mentoring, and it was, it was misguiding. So not everyone who thinks they have what to say you know, is, 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 in the, is in the place to do so. It's not a question. Not a question. There are people that are definitely misguiding other people. Um... You know, so so you know, it's sad. But not just be, not just because somebody feels that they could do it or they're confident in their own ideas means that they're doing it right. So I will definitely agree that there is such a thing as somebody not being the right person to guide other people. And then there's such a thing as being too young. I remember being a man. He was just a year or two after his chasna, and he he became a whole a whole mashpia for bochrim. And people who were watching it and listening to what he was telling those bochrim realized that you know he wasn't he just wasn't cut out for it yet. Now, he had, he had a lot of confidence, and he had a lot of warmth, and he had, he had a lot to share, but he wasn't got out for it. The fact that he was just past their stage doesn't mean that he already got it all right. So there is a thing as being too young as well. Recently, one of my chel mashirim, you know, for those of you who know what that is, I give a class every week about this, the, the wisdom of chel and different things we can learn from it. So one of the stories went that the chel budget, you know, the chel had, had a financial crisis, so they were trying to cut expenses. So one of the things they cut was, why do we need teachers? Get the older boys to learn with the younger boys, and you don't need teachers anymore. You know, for, for a place like Helm, that makes sense. You know, think about it. Well, the sixth grader knows what the third grader should know, so let him teach him. Being in sixth grade means that you already learned what you should learn in third grade, but it doesn't mean that you could teach what they need to learn in third grade. You know, it doesn't mean you have the skills to teach. Sometimes the fact that somebody is past a certain stage doesn't mean that he's necessarily equipped and capable. So there are definitely two sides of this equation. That's, um, and, then, and, and then there are things, let's just get a little more uh, delicate, there are things to be afraid of. Especially with boys, whether it's boys and girls or men, and, uh, there are things to be afraid of. There are things to be afraid of. I remember hearing about somebody who was told by people, you know, you have to be careful with certain things. You know, I see the way you work in your practice, helping people. I think you should be careful. And he was a Mr. Know it all. He said he doesn't, he, doesn't have to, he doesn't have to be afraid of. And unfortunately, you know, he had what to be afraid of. And, it, you know, it came out in a very um, unpleasant way. But too many people found out that he had what to be afraid of. I was just talking to a young man this, this week. Uh, he said he, he was helping Bukhram very responsibly helping, helping boys and guiding them and he got a phone call from a parent you know you took my son in your car and you know, I'm not happy with that why did you take him he said you know he, he tells me I don't think I did anything wrong by taking this boy in my car I was trying to make him feel good and, and take him for a ride and, and, and talk to him but it told me something you have to be careful and ever since then before I take a boy in my car I call his parents one, his father and mother and I say are you okay if I give you son a ride and before I take a boy to learn with him, if it's not in the yeshiva setting or bismadish, I ask his parents in advance, are you okay if I learn him in my house or my basement? I just bring up, there is, there is something to be afraid of, and if somebody does it responsibly, and he knows that there's something to be afraid of, and he knows not to just trust himself or just be overly confident, and he makes sure that he is cut out for it, you know, there's something, there's something to make, there is something to, be, to think about. And, and I'll, I'll add another point, and that is for the person going for help. Sometimes you go for help to somebody who you feel comfortable with. I feel comfortable talking to him. Do you also trust him? No, but I, I like, he, he, he gets me. I know he gets you. And he could be a good friend. But is he, is he the person he's supposed to be going? What do I hear? You know, women are discussing things with their sister, sister-in-law, neighbors. You know, she said, he said, you, you're talking to everyone and anyone who's listening to you and makes you feel good doesn't mean you're getting... It's definitely something to think about and to make sure that you're not being uh, misguided. So I think I... I I covered that, you know, the two sides of the equation, let's say. There's such a thing as somebody being good at it and, and being allowed to do it and supposed to do it and having a shmira when he's doing it. And there's such a thing as someone who's not cut out for it. Not a question. Now, for somebody who feels like this woman, and again, I don't mean her at all. I'm just, that's what I'm talking about in public. Somebody who feels that my, my spouse is doing something that I don't think they're good, they're good, they're good at. 
There's a few things you have to think about. Okay? The first thing is, why do you think so? Did you see something change in his behavior or his attitude since he started doing this? Like, do you notice something? If yeah, then, then it's something to think about. If not, then maybe you're being overly cautious. I'm just mentioning it. I know of somebody who didn't notice certain changes in a spouse's behavior after they went into a certain line, and they let it go, and they didn't pick up, and they didn't make, a, they didn't say anything about it until it was too late. If you know, if you, how do they say? If you see something, say something. And if you don't see something, then then think twice. Maybe maybe you're not seeing anything. So before I talk about what you should say, just think about: Are you noticing something? If you're not noticing something, then then do some, do some introspection. Why is it bothering you? Could it be bothering you because you feel that your spouse is being taken away by other people? Your husband's enjoying too much his work with the boys and he has less time for you? If yeah, that's fine. Address it. There's ways to address uh, that you want your husband home more. Is it because you're afraid that uh, he's going to get new ideas and he's not going to be too tamimistic anymore? Well, like I said before, maybe he's the person who's supposed to be doing that. You have to, you have to address what's bothering you. Don't just say, I don't think he's doing the right thing. If, 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 why do you think so? Why don't you think so? And there's something to think about. Are you jealous of your spouse that he's so uh, um, occupied and feels so fulfilled and he's getting so much attention and people and confide in him? Are you feeling, are you feeling um, intimidated by the fact that he's not going to share with you everything that, that people tell him? You know, these are things that you should take into consideration. You know, how much is it, uh, you know, your own feelings and how much is it like an issue? How much are you making it look like it's an issue? It's like I started off in the beginning. Sometimes we're too subjective to notice what's really bothering us. It's good I to talk and think, you know, let me, let me, talk, let me talk it over with someone and see if there's something wrong over here or not. I know of a situation where somebody was really an older guy, you're not talking about a 24-year-old, um, must have been 50, 60, helping people for many years in a certain field um, where it was important for him to be talking to men and women, different situations. Let, let's call it a shatram, for example. Let, let's give you an example. Let's say it was a shatram, with many years of experience. And his wife had an issue with him talking to women on the phone, shadikham. I mean, that's a control issue. Now, Again, there, there, could, there could sometimes be a valid reason why somebody's afraid, but I know that there wasn't, and, and the point is not to get into the, to, the, to, the, you know, to the example. The point is that there's such a thing as a control issue. Sometimes, I don't let you do this. I don't trust you when you do that. You have a trust issue, you're going to start controlling what someone else is doing, if they're doing it in a healthy way. Yeah, but I, I think that when you do it, it's not good for you, it's unhealthy. You could think so, but unless you could pinpoint what the problem really is, then sometimes it's just a control issue. You have to be aware of that. And very often, people that are controlling are only controlling of other people, not of themselves. In other words, they can be doing the same thing. Right? You can have, let's say, a husband and wife, two shatchanu, and she won't let her husband talk to women, but she'll be talking to men. How do you explain that? And I've seen these situations. So to somebody who's concerned about what their spouse is doing and how it's affecting them, it's good to think about why is it bothering you? So I told you clearly, there are people that are good at it and should be doing it, there are people that are not good at it. What, what makes you think your husband shouldn't be doing it? So something to think about. And in general, it's just some food for thought. Now, if for whatever reason you feel that you have reason to be concerned, or even if it's not a specific reason to be concerned, but you want it, you want it to be addressed responsibly, I think it's okay to bring it up in a very respectful way. If you tell your spouse, you know, I don't really trust what you're doing, or I don't think you're doing the right thing, that's something that some people will be offended by, and very often it can be taken wrong. Why, how can we not trusting someone? Why, why, how can we not giving him a space to decide what he wants to do? So that's just something to think about. When you bring up something like this, something sensitive and delicate, and something that, you know, somebody has his calling here and he's doing it anyway, you know, it's important to say, I do trust you. I appreciate what you do, especially if he's doing it for a living. I appreciate that you, that you bring Panasa home. You know, it's also something to think about. I respect you, and I, I'm so happy that people appreciate your advice. You always start with the positivity. You always make someone feel good you know, when addressing something. I mean, this is very important to make sure that he doesn't think that you're the only one that doesn't believe in him. I've heard this from many people. 
people that are giving advice or helping people or whatever it is and you say you know or, or people that are, that are giving classes or whatever you know different people that are in the line of helping other people and they say you know everyone respects me everyone wants to say what I have to say everyone except my spouse everyone thinks I'm good at it except my wife everyone uh, respects what I have to say everyone's interested in hearing me besides my wife what kind of feeling is that you want to make sure you're not giving your husband that feeling that, that all the boys and everyone he talks to everyone is so impressed with what he has to say but his wife doesn't believe he's doing the right thing his wife doesn't think he's skilled his wife doesn't think he's capable his wife doesn't think he's, he's good at it that, that's one thing you want to really avoid so that, that's something to think about and then in a very uh, in a very gentle way and again depending on who he is you know some, some husbands need to hear it clear that this is what you want otherwise they won't get the hint I told you oh you didn't get it I meant to say no 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 sometimes you have to be very clear that this, I want XYZ and sometimes you have to be very unclear and say you know I love what you do and it's up to you but maybe it would be a good idea to get some dastoira maybe it would be a good idea to make sure that you have somebody supervising you know, just somebody that you could you could um, you could uh, review different things that, you, that you're mentoring these boys you know the end of the day or the end of the week you talk it over with the Rav but well, if you're going into a certain profession a certain line maybe it's good idea to get some guidance from some dastoira we have a Ruv we have a, a Rebbe we have somebody you can discuss it with get your principles straight what do you discuss with boys what don't you discuss with boys what kind of boys do you discuss with? How, you know, to bring up that it's not, a, it's not a trust issue, it just might be a good idea to feel confident about yourself. And, and we can both feel good that you're doing the right thing, getting the proper guidance about how to do it and when to do it. I think that's something that a lot of people will be okay with if it's not coming across in a challenging way. I think that's fine for everyone, actually. I think no matter how old your husband is, no matter what profession he's in, actually, it's important that he, that he gets some kind of guidance to make sure he's doing the right thing. Right? And I think that's fine. Even if he's an electrician. It's good to get guidance about how, how, how much he should be working, when he should be working, how he should be charging, you know, different things. But especially if somebody's doing something sensitive, you know, it's good to have a, a general haskoma to make sure you're doing the right thing and to make sure you, ha- you know how you're doing it. And you have your principles straight before you get pulled in deeper and deeper into things. When you're starting off, you have the choice to say, this is what I do do, this is what I don't do, these topics I do discuss, these I don't discuss, these I refer to someone else. You know, that's always good. And well, getting getting the skills, like I said before, Sometimes people, the people that they're good listeners, and they have a pretty, a pretty good, um, you know, logical way of thinking, cycle yusha. But at the end of the day, you're going to be dealing with things you don't want to learn on the job and learn on people's at people's expense. So maybe it's good to take a course or to, you know, to learn with someone about these things. And as long as it's addressed in a gentle way, I think it's fine. I think you'll feel better and he'll feel better with that. So it doesn't have to come across in a challenging way, and certainly not in a way where somebody feels not trusted. I had another point, and that is that in general, when somebody's in the line of helping people, if they don't start with a strong base of principles just to mentor with, right? What, what's important? When somebody comes to you with a problem, what's, what is a problem? What's not a problem? How do you guide someone in a problem? It's important to have your principles straight. It doesn't matter what they are, even. I mean, of course, it matters what they are. They have to be toiletic. But I mean to say, you can have different people, different professionals, dealing with different, different sets of principles, but the fact that they have principles... They have a way to process a problem, to assess a situation, and to give guidance. It's just it doesn't matter how you do it. It can be two different angles. They both be successful. But you, have to, you have to know what you're doing. Somebody told me recently, very interesting thought, and that is that you notice that all the people that are successful in mentoring, whether it's chinuch, whatever, different different uh, things, they all have a shita. They all have a theory. They all have a mahalach that they're using. Now, they can have different mahalachim. Every mahalach could have its faults, and everybody could be making a mistake somewhere. But the fact that they have a mahalach helps them go. So, so even if the mahalach sometimes, you know, will make a mistake, and once in a while they'll have a, the, the, you know, the, but at the end of the day they'll, they'll be able to avoid difficulties because they have a mahalach, they know what to look for, they have a mahalach, how to give guidance, they have a, even, even at the expense of sometimes making mistakes, but at least they're consistent, 
They know what they're doing. They know what they're looking out for, and they, and they know how to. They go with confidence to a problem. Listen, this is the mahalach I use. So even though they're using different mahalach, as opposed to somebody who doesn't have any specific mahalach, any specific shit, huh? on the one hand, he could be more. You know, it sounds like he's doing better because he's not stuck on a certain path. He's always going to try to find the right path for the problem. But on the other hand, he has no. You know, every time a new thing. Okay, what do I do now? Who do I call? Um, this idea, that idea. He doesn't know what to apply. So I'm just mentioning this also because if you could help your husband understand that you're young and you look great at what you do and I'm so happy that people trust you and people come to you for guidance it would be good and can I to, to have somebody that you go to to get guidance from and to learn skills and things like that and you're communicating in a very gentle way something that's very healthy and I think very understandable and as long as you're saying it in a gentle and sensitive way with the understanding that this might be what he's good at and this might be what he's supposed to be doing and you'll be boosting him and believing in him and giving him what he needs to be successful and I wish yourself you know, this could bring out the best of your husband and what he's doing and we can live together behind the Ahmed Shulam Barayas.